3: You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ.
4: Kansas City has a heavy heart today as we learn that former Mayor Dick Berkeley has died today at the age of 92.
3: I've been communicating back and forth with um, Congressman Cleaver's office and we are awaiting his phone call here in about 10 minutes. Uh, Congressman Cleaver saying there are countless things that I could say to honor the memory and legacy of Mayor Berkeley, the first Jewish mayor in Kansas City's history, or his Harvard-educated business acumen, to name a few. But in this moment of bitter polarization, he says, I will always remember his refusal to look at life through a partisan lens. Although he was a Republican, I, a Democrat, I cannot recall a single moment when Mayor Berkeley was anything less than helpful, supportive, and committed to the progress and unity of... Of our community
4: he, he was I had the, the occasion to, to know him uh, as an acquaintance and he was nothing short of an incredible man. he was a gentleman and I was telling the story uh, with Dana earlier and, and then it was funny when Dave Helling mentioned it that Dick Berkeley would take photographs of people and then he would mail them to you yeah. and it, you would just be doing you know normal life stuff. And you'd get an envelope in the mail, and there's photos of you doing normal life stuff. (laughs) And and he was just, he was incredible. Uh, Kansas City's only three-term mayor. He served in office for 12 years from, I believe it was 1979 to 1991, if I'm not mistaken. Emanuel Cleaver was his immediate successor. Uh, So if if we're able to get uh, Congressman Cleaver, former Mayor Cleaver, on the air at 4.15, that, that would be some great insight.
3: You know, and I, I will say this, for all of the tributes pouring in, you, you really, at, at almost the top of every one, see the praise coming in for the way he handled that job and dealt with people from all backgrounds mm-hmm. and both sides of the aisle, which, I mean, to Dave Helling's point, I think is a really unique skill that is lost on most politicians today. Mm -hmm. But we would be remiss if we did not mention his very quick, steady hand and guidance during one of the biggest tragedies our town has ever seen, and that's the Hyatt Skyway collapse. I I
4: think you can make the argument the greatest tragedy that Kansas City has ever seen. And it it was interesting. This part I did not know until we read the story in the Kansas City Star. Uh, He was having a party that night. At his house, 80 people were there, and the fire department called and said that there had been, quote, an accident. They didn't mention anything about all the carnage. Uh, For those of you who are too young to remember, 114 people died in the Hyatt collapse. Uh, One of the greatest tragedies uh, in American history, but certainly, I I think you can make the argument, maybe the greatest tragedy in Kansas City history— and he gets a call from the fire department that just says there's been an
3: accident at the Hyatt and we need you to come down. I think we should also mention that as one of the biggest architectural disasters in United States history, mm-hmm. a reporter woke Mayor Berkeley up at 2 a.m. around the time crews went in without permission and started removing a large portion of the 32-ton concrete and steel skywalk that collapsed. They were in in process of disassembling it. He was furious uh, and called for an immediate investigation, not only into how that happened, but what I think could have been viewed as the contamination of what was a crime scene. Mm -hmm.
4: If I'm not mistaken, he would have been the mayor uh, during the explosion that killed six Kansas City firefighters as well in 1988,
3: uh, since he was in office uh, for all of the 80s. Uh, Berkeley later uh, led the citywide memorial service for victims of that accident and said it seemed to him that the removal of that walkway by the people within the hotel corporation did not, quote, build public confidence. Hmm. Uh,
4: From the text line, I won't read your number. uh, My husband and I both work at this company, uh, Tension Envelope. Uh, Dick came to our wedding 28 years ago. He, here we go again, he took the best photo of us and then handed it to me at work. He was a great man. Yes, he was. Uh, Richard Berkeley, three term mayor, the only three term mayor in Kansas City history, served in office from 1979 to 1991. Yes, Berkeley Riverfront Park is named after him. Uh, He was an incredible man. He has passed away today at the age of 92. We are trying to get in touch uh, with Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, his immediate successor at City Hall, uh, who followed Dick Berkeley in office. And hopefully we'll be able to speak with Congressman Emanuel Cleaver when we return here on Dana and Parks.
2: It's a sad day in Kansas City.
4: It really is. Former Mayor Dick Berkeley has passed away today at the age of 92. He served in office from uh, 1979 to 1991. Yes, that is 12 years. Yes, he served three terms as mayor of Kansas City. Berkeley Riverfront Park is named after him.
3: And his successor, Mayor Emanuel Cleaver, now Congressman Cleaver, says in a statement, I pray for the comfort of the entire Berkeley family as they grieve such a monumental loss. And I pray that our community will take the lessons and legacy of Mayor Berkeley to be used as a guiding light on our march toward a better future for all of Kansas City. May his memory be our blessing. Congressman Cleaver joining us
4: on the KMBZ hotline. Congressman, thank you for joining us on short notice. As I said at the, at the beginning, this is a sad day for Kansas City.
5: It, it really is. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it's a particularly sad day for me because, uh, Dick Berkeley, uh, helped me become mayor of Kent City. And, uh, when he appointed me as, uh, uh, the mayor pro tem or vice mayor, and, uh, when on the night that I was elected, he and, and uh, Sandy, his wife, were, uh, came to the stage with us. And, and so you have all the African Americans in my family in the Berkeleys and uh he leaned over to me uh just before i spoke i'll never forget it he said i knew you were going to be the next mayor (laughs) and i said yeah thank you for for helping to make it possible uh and uh one of my great highlights of of my service uh was when my wife diane and i took dick and sandy to dinner over jj's at the old jj's uh down on the plaza and uh i we were having dinner together, and I uh, I had set this up. So I said, uh, "Look, I I I've got to ask, ask uh, a big favor of you, and I need uh, Sandy's approval." Uh, and I, he said, "What is it?" And I said, "This is a big deal, Dick. I, I, you know, so uh, you know you have to say yes before I ask." <laughs> and he laughed, and so I said, "Look, I wanted, uh I I would like to submit to the city council." Uh, a resolution to name uh, the Riverfront Park, which was not much at the time. We w- we had, we were we were just starting to redevelop it as the uh, Berkeley uh, Riverfront Park, and uh, uh, he and Sandy both said yes at the same time. Uh-huh. And so uh, the following week uh, we we uh, we did it, and uh, and that and of course that energized me for the remainder of my time. Uh, trying to get things started. As, as you probably will remember, we had the riverboats, and then, uh, and, and that gave us some revenue to do all the other things that are, that are taking place down there. And it is my hope that, uh, that the Berkeley remains will be uh, uh, at the park uh, in, in some kind of appropriate um, hmm. symbol of his life and works.
3: Congressman, you were elected in 1991. Can you talk a little bit about the path, the kind of unusual path in today's political climate that he was so willing to reach across the aisle? Um, yes. Him as a lifelong Republican, you obviously a Democrat. And, and the tributes that are pouring in uh, to a one all say the same thing, that he was the type of leader that brought people together.
5: That's right. He, You uh, wouldn't have known Dick Berkeley was a Republican or a vegetarian or a- democrat or anything else uh because uh, he was just Dick berkeley to, to everybody and he he was uh he was not nasty uh in fact I, I tell people you know if you're going into politics you can set your watch by dick berkeley's clock he knew how to do it uh and, and he and, and you know he's the only three-term mayor the city uh has had and i, I doubt seriously it, uh, whether there'll ever be another three-term mayor uh, in Kansas City. And frankly, if, if uh, he had decided to run for a fourth term, I wouldn't have run uh, because I, I don't think there was anybody uh, who could have beaten Big Berkeley. Uh, and, and I think all, all of us knew it. <laughs> that, that, and so anybody who wanted to, to run uh, knew that if, if, uh, <laughs> if Big Berkeley wanted it, he could have won an unbelievable fourth term. Uh, and he was just a a good human being Uh, I hadn't seen him in a while so I had somebody to set up a meeting so I went over his house and spent an hour and a half actually I went over to uh, for some advice on some things and here's a Democrat going over uh, asking for uh, some advice from a Republican I never even thought about it until I found out that Dick had passed and then I started thinking about a lot of things that that happened in, including, uh, recent things.
4: Congressman, that's fascinating. I've never heard you say that, that if, if Dick Berkeley had, had sought a fourth term, you would not have run for mayor of Kansas city.
5: I would not have. And all my <laughs> friends will tell you that, uh, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. I, I would not have run. And, uh, went to him, uh, uh, to find out if he was going to run. There was, there was a rumor that, you know, he, uh, uh, was not going to run again, and I, I hadn't heard from him. So I went to his office, uh, and uh, Christy White, who, who, uh, who worked for the chamber, was his chief of staff, uh, a wonderful person who still was, she acted like she, she was still working for him because she uh, uh, set up my last visit with him. And, um, uh, you know, everybody was, uh, you know, trying to figure out what he was going to do, and he told me he wasn't going to run. And it was only after that that I decided that I would, I would start a, a campaign.
3: Congressman, I, I want you to speak um, to maybe our younger listeners and, and the importance when you're driving around town and you see Islas Davis Park or uh, Berkeley Riverfront Park. And, and, and people drive by those um, monuments to those who shaped our city every day and probably maybe don't give it a second thought um, what would you say to our younger listeners, his impact, even though they may not have been here when, when he was in, in the throes of being this great leader, the impact even on the monuments you see around town that have shaped our city?
5: Right. I, absolutely. And, you know, and, and that bothers me a, a, a bit because I don't think people pay any attention to that. Uh, I was fortunate and blessed to have the opportunity uh, to go and sit down with uh, uh, Miss Davis. B. Davis, the mayor, uh, the wife of of, of Mayor Davis, Iris Davis, uh, just to see if if I could get this new idea we had of building this uh, government mall between the federal courthouse and city hall after the mayor, and she uh, gave me permission, and uh, we did it twice. I I, I was fortunate to honor two uh, mayors twice, two of our very best mayors uh, twice, and so uh you know we uh were were able to, to leave these monuments so hopefully people will uh will will ask you know what what why is that Alice Davis uh, park or uh, when they go down on, on river uh, on the riverfront uh park Big Berkeley park uh when they see i mean all of just think about the new stadium for women the women athletics uh you know all of the condos are already being built down there and apartments and uh, hopefully uh, uh, you know I was able to get some money recently to begin a, a boardwalk uh, down on the park and so all of these things I want people to see that and think you know about big Berkeley and hopefully this monument uh, that that his I think his family uh, has already agreed to do uh, down on the park uh, we can have a history of 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 big uh, Berkeley uh, right there uh, so that Thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands over the years to come will know this man who should never be forgotten.
3: Congressman, thank you always for your time on such short notice. And for any of our younger listeners, um, Emanuel Cleaver Boulevard, that's you. (laughs) 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 Reverend, it is always a pleasure.
5: All right. Good to talk with you. All right, Congressman. Be well. Be well.
3: (laughs) Yes.
4: Uh, Emanuel Cleaver Boulevard is named after him. Manuel Cleaver. Uh, somebody who should have a street named after him, former or Channel 9 reporter uh, Michael Mahoney joining us on the KMZ Hotline. Michael, good afternoon. It is, uh, as I mentioned to the congressman, former mayor, it is a sad day for Kansas City today.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, although uh, the sadness uh, with uh, the passing of uh, Dick Berkeley has to be uh, uh, cushioned by the fact that uh, this guy uh, left a hell of an impression. On the uh, city of Kansas City, and as you just talked with with uh, uh, Congressman Cleaver, former Mayor uh, uh, Cleaver, uh, that uh, that legacy can be seen everywhere in this town uh, today, and will be seen everywhere in this town uh, for years to come. Um, wh- one of my I was thinking about uh, wh- one of my first impressions of uh, Dick Berkeley uh, was uh, uh, on a Sunday morning between uh, not super early, but not super late either. It was just, Ten and uh, maybe one, the first time I met uh, the mayor, um, I'd probably been in town uh, a, a few months and uh, uh, had to interview him for whatever the story of the day was. So I went over to his house and uh, knocked on the door, and I was greeted by uh, by uh, Jerry Jett and Pat Gray, two guys that were uh, famous mm-hmm. political consultants here in town. And they had papers spread all over the dining room table. Uh, there in uh, the Berkeley household, and uh, I walked in and they said, Oh the mayor be right with you. We'll do the interview over here." Da 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 da. da. All this, and it was uh, I felt like it was a scene out of the uh, the old movie, The Last Hurrah, of uh, <laughs> A couple of old political handlers uh, with uh, uh, with the boss upstairs, uh, and uh, it turned out that Dick, Dick Berkeley was anything but uh, a political boss. He certainly had a fine hand for politics, but uh, that always impressed me. That uh, first time I ever. Met the guy. It was uh, two of uh, Ken's famous political handlers that were in his living room on a Sunday morning, um, uh, handling and, and, and arranging the interview. He uh, Berkeley was was quite a guy, quite a guy.
3: And I wonder if we'll see one um, ever again, Mike. From from the tributes that are pouring in, as far as his willingness to work with everyone from all uh, political affiliations and, and backgrounds, and also as Congressman Cleaver said, his footprint is literally in every zip code in our town.
2: Yeah. Um, I I heard part of Dave Helling's uh, uh, interview uh, a little earlier, and I agree with Dave in in the sense that that style of um, bipartisan politics, especially at the local level, uh, is uh, something that's fading away and has maybe faded away. And so that that sort of uh, reaching across the aisles, even on a city council meeting or uh, uh, county uh, uh, legislature commission, um, is... Uh, a relic of of a bygone era, but Dick Berkeley uh, had no qualms uh, to reach out and uh, get things done for the city. I will say, I always felt he was uh, much more of a consensus builder than he was a leader. He was not uh, the powerful, big, uh, strong mayor uh, type of mayor, but uh, he did try to find a consensus and then lead people toward a consensus rather than a bullet pulpit. He also led Kansas city,
4: Michael, as you well know, and you're very familiar with this as well, uh, through arguably Kansas city's greatest disaster. And that's the collapse of yeah. the Hyatt.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, most definitely. I, uh, I think it's, uh, the greatest disaster in the, in the city's history. And, uh, the, he, he called the council together. The uh, first thing in the morning, uh, after that, he had been at the, uh, uh, Hyatt at the uh, scene of the collapse that evening, um, and uh, he expressed some dissatisfaction in the fact that they had pulled away some of the debris uh, because he thought it was messing with a crime scene, essentially, or at least a potential crime scene. And uh, so he was—he uh, was the sort of leader that. Um, a city like Kansas City needed at that moment to literally uh, hold the hand of the city because there were so many people that were touched either directly or indirectly by uh, by that accident and uh, and the months that uh, that, that followed it. Um, he was the right guy at the right place at the right time uh, uh, for that, and uh, uh, you know Kansas City should be grateful.
4: Reporter Michael Mahoney joining us on the KMZ Hotline. We do appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us on short notice. Happy to do it. Happy to do Always it. Always great to talk to, talk to, about
2: to you. The sky. All
4: yeah. right, Michael, thank you very much. That's uh, Michael Mahoney, uh, Channel 9 reporter, uh, legendary reporter here in Kansas City. Richard Berkeley, Dick Berkeley, uh, three term mayor of Kansas City from 1979 to 1991, has passed away today at the age of 92.
3: couple stories to pass along uh before we get to our interview as promised here in a few minutes regarding what happened in excelsior springs in clay county over the last week involving a hijacked trailer I did not see that on good morning america yet did not see that on my bingo card this week either um <laughs> did you see as we uh march toward uh kickoff here sunday it's green bay sunday night team will be heading time. to Green Bay prime time that with all of this attention focused on the Chiefs as it should be um, one of our town's favorite daughters Melissa Etheridge has responded uh, with a very funny song about the fact that she was really a Chiefs fan first before everyone in the world piled on
4: so essentially everybody asks her all the time yeah oh are you a new Chiefs fan <laughs>
1: And so she came on to Good Morning Football and... Pulled my (laughs) bear. Brought her guitar with her.
0: Oh, good. Everywhere I go, I meet people I don't know That ask me, hey, are you a new fan of the Chiefs? (laughs) Well, they couldn't be more wrong And that's why I wrote this song For my friends at Good Morning Football I say... Yeah. Well, I loved the Chiefs before they were cool. Every Sunday morning I was acting like a fool. But lately nowadays, it seems I need to say, I love the Chiefs before they were cool. Yeah! I love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Long ago oh, that's funny. Just to find them on TV used to be such a hassle. <laughs> What's coming? Sitting through a game and then they go and blow it with Todd Haley and Matt yeah! <laughs> Wow! Yeah, wow! There were times where we had a little hope, like the years with Jamal and Priest Holmes. And then some years were just a little finer with Dick Vermeil and Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, yes, we had a coach named Schottenheimer. <laughs> You see, there's so much more than just Mahomes and Kelsey. Yeah, that's the one that's Taylor's boyfriend too, yeah. (laughs) There's Coach Reed, Rashi Rice, and Pacheco. And our defense is really, 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 really good. So all you Swifties, sit back, relax, enjoy the ride just as long as we're clear between you and i two, three, four, that i love the chiefs before they were cool yeah
4: that's fun that is it goes on for another 30 seconds
3: i or mean so, yeah. but she you got rhymes the gist. hassle with matt castle uh, it's pretty good is there uh, anything this woman
4: can't do uh, she rhymed the name schottenheimer yeah I don't remember what word she rhymed it with. I didn't know it rhymed with anything. Yes, we had a coach named Schottenheimer. Phenomenal. I cannot wait for that game Sunday. That's fun. Uh, Bradley Cooper uh, let it slip uh, who he originally wanted to be his brother in the movie A Star Is Born. Of course, the role was played by Sam Elliott, who was nominated, Uh, didn't win, but was nominated for his role in A Star Is Born. Sam Elliott was not the first choice for Bradley Cooper.
3: That is blasphemy. I cannot imagine anyone else that could take that man's place, you but later on me.
4: Howard Stern was originally offered the role by Bradley Cooper himself. That was a
3: terrible choice in that role.
4: Cooper explained that he really wanted Stern to take the role. He, uh, made, he, they talked about this on Howard Stern's show, even asking him if he would be willing to shave off his curls for the part. Uh, Howard Stern... Uh, m- mentioned that he thought about it for about three weeks and then turned down the offer.
3: You know, I never would have said this probably even five years ago. Uh, I was not a fan of his style of radio. I certainly wouldn't, was not a fan of, of some of the things he said regarding women over the years. Sure, He has morphed into one of the greatest interviewers out there. Mm-hmm. Period.
5: Oh, he's and brilliant. I, I he's will brilliant. sit
3: around and watch those reels and it's politicians, mm-hmm. it's celebrities. He is very, very good yep. at getting people to answer even awkward questions. <laughs> and I don't mean awkward bisexual. I mean, just you name it. Mm-hmm. I think you know when you go on that program, nothing's really off limits. Uh, yep. Addiction, all of those things. Sure. Um, and I watched the Bradley Cooper interview. It's outstanding ahead of his uh, the release of his movie Maestro.
4: Never would have known this. Uh, the North American Wolverine is nearing extinction. And they're blaming climate change. Sam and I were actually talking about this in the newsroom earlier today. In the uh, contiguous United States, they say there are only about 300 wolverines still alive in the wild. Wow. 300. Yeah. Okay. It says here, across most of the United States, wolverines were wiped out by the early 1900s from unregulated trapping and poisoning campaigns. Roughly 300 surviving animals in the contiguous United States live in isolated groups, mostly in high elevations in the Rocky Mountains.
3: Uh, we will end with a bird story. You know I'm a birder. You're not a birder. <laughs> uh, some friends invited me today to a spot near 51st Street, and I had not heard of the spot named Crows. Crows. And so on my way, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to head down the plaza. I'm going to, this is going to be somewhere over by the library. Mm -hmm. Generally, I knew it was over there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Crow's Coffee? And I, Sam, Google Crow's on Oak. And (laughs) what popped up was not Crow's Coffee near 51st and Oak. What popped up were 36 million results of birds sitting on the branches of oak trees. Oh, my gosh. You would have been in hog heaven. Look at that. I mean, if you're a birder. Just FYI, if you are Googling crows on oak, you will get results, and it is not a coffee store. Why don't you just Google crows coffee? I have never left. I didn't know it was a coffee shop, by the way. There's also on 43rd a barbecue place called crows. I'm surrounded by crows today. (laughs) Crows on Oak is a delicious, amazing mom-and-pop coffee shop, and I loved it, Sam.
1: Scott Parks, are you denying her status as a birder?
3: I know you ain't.
4: Um, no, I, I don't think she's an avid birder. I think she's a part-time birder. I think she likes to look at birds.
3: The man who would not stop staring out the window yesterday at because the that's murmuration I, that, well, that's
4: because I'm a birder.
3: of the murmurating of the darling.
4: Correct. That would be correct, Birder. Thank you, Sam. Did you notice when we went out to record our song today?
3: Oh, like a movie. D- Hitchcock movie. Did you see it, Sam, in the trees
4: everywhere. Oh, my oh, yeah, there was oh murmuration God. all over. The, murmuration oh here, Lord. murmuration there. There was so much murmuration, I, I didn't think I could get away from it. The Somebody murmuration call
3: 911.
4: <laughs> we will be calling 911 <laughs> yes, here we in will. just a minute. We're going up to Clay County in just a second. Uh, we're going to interview Sergeant Kyle Craven. Double Y didn't steal itself. No. <laughs> and it won't stop itself. <laughs> Sergeant Kyle Craven joins us in just a moment here on Dana and Parks.
3: So it came to
4: us late yesterday, um, and man, we had a lot of fun with it. I, I know there's nothing funny about breaking the law, but every once in a while, yeah, uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. So. If you were on the program uh, in the 5 o'clock hour yesterday, you would have heard us talking about this story out of Excelsior Springs. Uh, Let me just read briefly from Fox 4. It's not every day that police officers find themselves in a chase with a house. But that's what happened to officers in Excelsior Springs uh, Thanksgiving night. Police say the incident happened along southbound 69 Highway. In fact, the Excelsior Springs Police Department did a little video play-by-play of the chase.
6: This Sergeant Craven with Excelsior Police Department. So we chased this truck down the road. He was going about 30 mile an hour. He was hauling his big old house. Looks like he's gonna live in it. He was traveling all over the roadway. Thought he might have been drunk. We came up on him, we chased him real fast down the road. Uh, one of my officers didn't uh, didn't spike strip him fast enough. And we chased him, he went off the roadway, and he jacked up his truck, and jacked up the trailer. And uh, we took him to jail, like the seltzer does.
2: Woo wee!
4: Okay, Sergeant (laughs) Kyle Craven, who's narrating there, joins us on the KMBZ Hotline. Sergeant, good afternoon. Woo
6: wee. Good afternoon. How are you
4: all? (laughs) Well,
3: I I don't even know, Sergeant. My God, we laughed. I I don't even know where to begin. Uh, Is it true? Because some listeners have reached out to say that this trailer did not belong to the subject who was fleeing and eluding with it behind him.
6: Uh, so I think the trailer might have belonged to him. I'm not sure about the house, though. Uh, we did get some rumors about the house possibly not being uh, belonged to him, but uh, I don't have anything confirmed on that. How did you so. first hear
3: about this? Mm.
6: Uh, so we got a call. It was Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, a lot of times Thanksgiving go you know, one or two ways, but uh Thanksgiving night. We get a call about uh, a mobile home coming down the road, down the highway, and it's uh, running people off the road. And, uh, you know, you don't think what you're going to see when you actually come across it. But I had some of my officers uh, come across that truck, trailer and house, uh, on Southbound 69 here in Excelsior Springs. And uh, about the same time they made contact with that truck, uh, we got a call about a hit and run. So I guess that uh, the house had struck uh, another truck. No serious injuries or anything like that, but uh, definitely hit a vehicle and continued down the highway. So we knew we had to get that thing stopped. And,
3: Wait, the uh, house course. struck a truck?
6: Correct, yeah.
4: But it, it was it was fully furnished, was it not?
6: Um, there was stuff in it. I don't know about furnished. There it was, it was stuff in it. It wasn't uh, uh, anything nice in there, you know, but it was uh, uh, it had stuff inside the house, yes. What, what,
3: what pray tell did he say once you finally got the house safely stopped? Th- those words have never been spoken in the history of the broadcast uh, industry. <laughs> what, what did he say?
1: Uh,
6: well, not a whole lot, uh, really. You know, he just kind of wondered what we were doing. Uh so it's kind of a back and forth like, why are we actually stopping him? And he uh was confused, I guess, to say the least, of why we were actually stopping him, but of course he took him into custody and <laughs> and because of his driving behavior, but he didn't have a whole lot to say to us.
4: Where was the house originally before it became an issue I'm, I'm that people were sure. <laughs> bring to your attention?
6: I don't even know how to ask the question. Where so, weirdest Story so, I heard stories that uh, it was up north uh, towards Lathrop. I guess they had a Facebook thing on it, like a whole Facebook page about it, for like three weeks or something like that, uh my understanding. And it was parked by a roundabout. So I don't know if the guy uh, had a breakdown or whatever, but the house was by a roundabout up north. And uh, somehow or another he got it loaded and – and started coming down our way. So I'm not sure where the house actually originated from. I know it was up north somewhere. Are people just leaving
4: trailer homes and roundabouts <laughs> in cities in Missouri that we're not aware about?
6: You know, I think it's a first for me. Uh, it's the first time I've been doing this job for about seven years now, and you never know what you're going to see. But this is actually a first for me. I don't, I don't have any history of uh, houses being left on the side of the road. But, uh, you know, this is – the Midwest. Who knows?
3: Sergeant, is that is that house still sitting on the side of the road? And, and honest, all kidding aside, everyone is lucky that thing didn't tip over and hurt mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. It stayed on oh, that no, yeah. trailer flatbed. But it, where is the house now?
6: So, uh, from my knowledge, the house went to actually the property that he was trying to take it to because he wasn't too far away from it, and obviously we couldn't leave it on the side of the road or blocking the the roadway. So uh, they had uh, Shoemaker Towing actually here in town. They uh, transported that house um, out to uh, a property that I think it was originally going to. um, and I don't believe it's in a roadway anywhere anymore.
4: You know it's not a house until you put it on blocks.
6: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, didn't uh didn't know that one. But no. yeah, we know we it was the first time I've ever had a traffic stop. We actually had to clear a house in the same in the same <laughs> swoop.
3: Sergeant, <laughs> thank thank you for filling us in and, and for the laugh after a heavy news day yesterday afternoon. Uh it it's still one of those things we just can't believe and I think you will be seeing this on Good Morning America because we passed it along to our friends at ABC. <laughs> I can't wait. By, by the way, if I may. have to go viral, Sergeant. By
4: the way, uh, your comment in that video, we took him to jail because that's what Excelsior does, woo Is made me laugh so hard uh, yesterday on the show.
6: Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad I. I'm glad to make you laugh. I was actually surprised that that audio was used. I was messing around to do my own commentary for the thing. I had a whole serious one set aside. And of course, I wake up that next night. And uh, my wife showed me the video. I was like, "You got to be kidding me! I can't believe that." Yeah, <laughs> so, Sergeant,
3: I'm sorry, but when when there's a high speed chase involving a police officer and a trailer, do not ever go serious. This was not the um, time for it. And when as we leave you, uh, and we are at the top of the hour, would you please take us out with a woo wee? Woo wee!
4: <laughs> right on, Sergeant. <laughs> Thank you, Sergeant. Be safe, <laughs> Sergeant Kyle Craven, with the Excelsior. Just Springs. like Excelsior does. <laughs> That's what Excelsior does, man. Woo wee! We just take him to jail. Woo wee! Uh, this is our final week, in fact, uh, last 48 hours uh, for Coats for Kids 2023. And donations are down this year, so we really, really do need your help. If you can help with our campaign, and you guys have been so generous over the years, please go to KMBZ.com. Click on the Coats for Kids logo, and that will take you to a safe and secure website where you can make your donation or just text in the word KMBZ Coats. It's one word, KMBZ Coats to 44321. 44321. And thank you in advance. And thanks to Pinnacle Bank, one one of the best partners we've ever had uh, here on the radio station. And they've been with us on Codes for Kids for years.
3: Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com.